Yo, hey, man. I'm recording and recording and recording. Good. Everything's recording. Hold on, I'm trying to make sure that I uh, look cool in the video. Oh, yeah. Because um, that's important now. We're going to bring this element in. And I feel like I look like shit. I fucking hate myself. Before I was looking pretty tight. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say loose. I, was, I would say I was looking tight. But now I'm looking tight. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, welcome to Monday's episode of I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. Also, it's called I'm tight. You're tight. But you're not as tight as I'm tighter. It's called I keep it tight and right. I keep it tight and right. I'm tight. You're tight. I'm not tight. You're not tight. I'm Here's s- what we're talking about. My butt's tight. It's time for night night. We're making sure we look good because Bob and I are both neurotic, vain people. Not all the time, but a little bit of the time. And we are now going to be providing, if all goes well, video episodes. That's right. If you want to, for example, imagine if you had seen the look on our faces when the now IOK classic sandwich bit had been going down live. And uh, we didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. So we are going to be recording these. The lion's share of them are going to be available to patrons. But once or twice a month out of the eight episodes we put out, we're going to be putting these on our YouTube channel. So go follow us on that. YouTube at Bob and Clint is where you can find everything that we do. Um, On Instagram, we have what's called a link tree where everything's there. It's all easy to see in you. Dude, my fucking video is like, it's like one of those movies from the 90s yeah. where they fucking do a bunch of shit to the video. It's like going, it's light and then it's dark and then it's light and then it's dark and then it's light and it's dark. It's a Whitney Houston music video. It's a Whitney Houston music video. But at one point I was like, man, I'm going to use this iPad instead of my other iPad because I look fucking good in this. And then it just started doing all kinds of crazy shit. I truly cannot stand the way I look. And I often... Almost every day that I take a shower and I bathe my body, I don't look down. <clears throat> and when I get out and brush my teeth, I, I stand in the part of the bathroom where I can't look in the mirror to brush my teeth. I do that every single day. That's Vigo Morkinson. <laughs> no, he does the same thing. He covers his mirror <laughs> in the dressing room. With, yeah, he covers his mirror with the pictures of the, of the crew and other actors. So when he looks in the mirror... He just sees pictures of other people. He doesn't see himself. He does not like to look at himself in the mirror. Wow. It it just literally makes me feel better that he does that and apparently uh, has been public about it because the amount- No, for- no. That's 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 some inside shit right there, bud. Oh, really? So not a lot of people know about that. Yeah, dude. That's the inside scoop, son. Yo, man. I'm inside Hollywood, dude. I'm inside Hollywood, man. Like inside. Like that's not stuff you're going to hear him say or talk about. Like, you got to be inside Hollywood, man. Like, I'm inside. Ask me where I am. Where are you? I'm inside Hollywood, man. (laughs) How'd you get in there? Joe, man, they let me in. Yo, I was uh, like a while back. They were like, yo, you want to come in here? I was like, yeah, man. I'm in. And is it like Hotel California? You know, you can get in, but you can never leave? You can never leave, man. I try to leave a few times, and they're like, no, man, you can't get out of here. No. Is there a security guard blocking the exit? They said, where are you from? I'm sorry, like from Cuba, man. But not real Cuba, but fake Hollywood Cuba, where uh, Al Pacino from. Yeah, yeah Scarface, Scarface Cuba. Yeah, the Scarface. You know, man, there's only two things that have. My balls and this accent. And I don't break them for nobody. 
Like you may say, you may you may say, "Hey, where'd you get that accent?" I say, "Hey, I don't break it for nobody." So, what are the kind of things you do when you're inside Hollywood? I'm curious. It's a it's an interesting place to be. You go to that craft truck, man. You load up on a craft truck. The craft services, man. There's Snickers bars. You got uh, <laughs> granola bars. You got cereal. You got ice cream. Yo, man, you go to that craft service truck, you go, and that, here's what you do, man. Here's the inside scoop, by, by the way, because I'm inside Hollywood. You go to that craft service truck, and then they got all the stuff laid out, right? It's all laid out. It's all laid out. And then guys come, and they see it. They take it. They get all that stuff they put it in their pocket. But what you do is you tell the guy, you go, hey, man, where's the ice creams? And he go, well, we got the ice cream in the back. And he go in the back and he gets you the ice creams from the back. And nobody knows about that. Nobody knows about that except for me. You know why? Because you're inside Hollywood. I'm inside Hollywood, man. <clears throat> so, by the way, <laughs> after being inside Hollywood for a while, man, it's hard to fit into these fucking clothes. Man. These fucking clothes. <laughs> Every day I got to go fucking find some new goddamn clothes. But since, since, uh, since I've been staying home a lot, I just uh, get the sweatpants. You wear the sweatpant, and they just keep getting bigger and bigger, and you don't even realize. And then one day you look in the mirror, and you're like, oh, who's that fat fuck? You go, oh, that's me. And you don't realize. Too many trips to that service truck with the ice creams. Not so tight. And that's the end of that bit <laughs> that my son would say is completely racist. Luke would say that? My 15-year-old son would say that that bit was racist because I was using an accent. Right. What's the line on that? I mean, that's an interesting thing to think about, right? You you and I remember a time when people could tell jokes, and telling jokes wasn't a minefield of politically correct bullshit. But what I think is true about what's happening culturally is I think that this is this is the way it happens a lot, is to make progress, you have to make these big, broad jumps, and there's a lot of collateral damage. And usually what happens is you have to go take it to a fucking extreme that's ludicrous before you sort of back off and recalibrate and say, well, here's here's what worked. Here's what went over the line. Here's what's too much. And then what usually happens is we're better people for these big leaps. But then you got your your woke son, who I know, I've known Luke for a long time, super smart. And now he's becoming a young man, which is really scary. It makes me feel super fucking old. But Luke's saying, dad, that's not cool anymore. And so we got to wrestle with that, right? We got to deal with it. We got to deal with what he's saying. I can't, I feel like what's gotten lost is understanding the object of a joke, right? So if, if you're doing a, a Latin or Mexican accent, which you can say Mexican accent because people are from Mexico, you know, my wife is from, her family is from Puerto Rico and they have Puerto Rican accents. They are in fact Puerto Ricans. Sure. And, uh, and they have accents even when they speak English. Now, to me, what's not cool is if you're using the tool of impersonating their accent as a way to appropriate or denigrate them culturally. But if you're just doing it to impersonate them and bring a character to life, that's on the table for me. I think it's I think it's all about intention. Right. That's what I'm saying. A couple examples I can use are like say curse words, like the word fuck or shit or damn or goddamn it or whatever it is. Like I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, those aren't bad words. Those are just words. They are, right. Now, if you tell somebody, hey, go fuck yourself, then that might not be cool, depending on who the person is. 
Um, but if you say, oh man, that fucking hurts, there's nothing wrong with that. You're using it to describe something that really fucking hurts. And it may, and it it makes sense. Now, for instance, my daughter, as I've often said on the show that I fart all the time, because I do fucking fart all the time. (laughs) And I fart loudly around my house. Now, the good news is, is my farts don't stink. And I know people are like, oh, do they really not stink? No, they just don't stink. I don't know why they don't stink. Now, if I have a silent fart, that will stink a little bit. But my loud farts, for whatever reason, you can't smell them. Even if you're standing right next to me, they just don't stink. And so I'll fart very loudly, and I've been doing it my entire adult life. And so the entire time that Scarlett's been around, she's five, she's heard me fart. Now, recently, in the last month or two, I'll fart, and she's like, ew, disgusting. What's disgusting about it? Because can you smell it? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, can you though? Or are you lying? Because if you're lying to me, that's disgusting and that's not cool. Of course, we don't have that conversation. I'm just like, look, you can't smell it. It's not disgusting. It's only disgusting if you can smell it. Now, the sound might be a little extensive sometimes because, man, I really do. I mean, I'm like the De Niro of farts. I mean, I will... I will sell some shit. I was like, I will fart. And it sounded like I just made a fucking made a little play play date in my pants, (laughs) but nothing happened. It's all dry down there, but it just sounds like something happened. It sounded like there was a, like a home invasion, but there wasn't. Everything's cool. It's just sounds. So that's, that's what the accents like. As far as I'm concerned, the accent is that the accent is the sound of the fart and now if there's something stinky there, if you're saying something mean or denigrating or, I don't know, like if it's not in the service of trying to be funny or enlightening, if there's some sort of mean intention behind it, or if there's some sort of like denigrating intention, then that's the stink. And if it doesn't stink, then then I think it's fine. And and the, the with my son, I'm like, you need to tell me what the stink is. Because until you can tell me what the stink is, I'm not going to buy that that's racist just because it's an accent. Right. In- instead of it being some sort of <clears throat> knee-jerk trigger thing of like, oh, you're you're using an accent. It has to be racist. We, you know, the, what's happening with, with one of the, I, I think, negative uh, side effects of how progressive culture is moving forward is the ability to negotiate and parse out um, intention, as you said, uh, we're, we're, we're losing that skill because now all you have to do is, is be outraged. And what used to happen is if you were outraged, people were like, whoa, 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 what are you outraged about? And people would be able to say what they were outraged about. Now the outrage is just, it's, it's its own justification and there's nothing right. you can do. There's no, there's no conversation. There's no dialogue because the dialogue, and which by the way, I'm not saying like, I think the dialogue goes both ways. You could have somebody that would say, Hey, something got stinky. With that episode where you did ABC, where you talked about sandwiches in that way on behalf of the sandwich. But you're going to have to tell me what it is. And it's got to be real because the outrage, for me, outrage doesn't justify itself. So, but but there it is possible, though, that someone could help you understand how maybe a line of thinking you have or a joke you made doesn't really work. And, you know, there I've mentioned this on the show before, but when we've 
been met with with very few, not a lot at all, just very few accusations of misogyny, for example. I ask my female friends who I know listen to the show, and they, they could all vouch for this right now. I'm not going to say who they are, but I reach out to them, including my wife, and I check in because I'm curious. And if one of them said, hey, well, <clears throat> when you did A, B, and C, um, I, it only landed because I know you, and you're doing this podcast for a thousands of people who don't know you. That's fine. That would right. resonate with right. me and mean something to me and would probably right. affect how I chose to move forward with that joke in the future. But outrage for outrage's sake just isn't going to work for me. I agree. And I, I, I think it does help if it's all about context. It's about context. And, and uh, I don't know. For a while, I was, I was making some jokes about Harvey Weinstein. Part of the joke, I would use the R word, R A P E, in, in the joke. So stage. when you say the R word, you don't mean rutabaga. It's, uh, just, you don't mean rutabaga, right? I mean the rudest of rutabaga, <laughs> R-A-P-E. So I would use that word in the joke. And then I was playing a gig and I used, I said the joke and I used that word. And because I used that word, somebody in the audience was triggered because of that word, because they had been abused or molested mm -hmm. sexually at some point in their life. And because I used that word, it brought up a lot of feelings and they kind of went overboard and and were giving me the finger and and they had bought a t-shirt and threw the t-shirt at the at the uh merch person and stormed out of the club and I, I talked to them after the after the show and they explained to me what the problem was and i realized okay i can't use this word because when i use this word it may trigger somebody and i don't want to i don't want to make anybody feel bad and 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 it doesn't matter if the joke's good or bad i'm not going to use that joke if it's got that word in it, if it's going to make somebody react this way. So I just stopped using that word. And now sometimes I use it in conversation, but even on this podcast, when I use it in conversation, you edit it out because you understand that that word is a, is a real- It's charged. Trigger. It's a charged word and, and it triggers uh, some people. And I get it. And I understand it. Yeah. But here's but here's where that breaks down. If, if just the word- it's not even the word. I mean, this is almost proving your point because if this particular person, who, which by the way, um, I, I completely sympathize with his or her plight of having that happen to them. And obviously the actual act of rape is not funny. And to even have to say that out loud almost sort of underscores how ludicrous the whole situation has become in terms of triggering and microaggressions and, and, and sensitive culture. But if this person was at some sort of, um, you know, rain retreat and a, a, a spokesperson for rain, which is, you know, a rape and incest uh, um, charity, if they were using the word rape in their keynote address about about rape, would it trigger them also? I mean, if someone if someone was molested while the, the abuser was listening to Van Halen records the whole time and then you can't now you can't say Van Halen because that, per you know, you don't. Who knows what people have been through? And so what, what it has to come down to, it just there's no way around it. What it has to come down to is instead of doing the reverse thing of trying to anticipate what might offend everybody in every possible strange scenario that you can't possibly know, what makes more sense is tread lightly, be cool, understand your audience, understand context, and expect your audience to do, to do their own work. So... She could have contextualized whatever you said 
and said, well, he's obviously making a joke. He's obviously not making light of this really horrible thing that happened to me. And so I shouldn't make a big scene of it and throw <laughs> a t-shirt at him that I bought because that to me smacks a little bit of, I think people are, are tacitly encouraged now to make a scene where what, what she otherwise could have done and what I do all the time when things offend me, which is all the time. I get offended. I'm just quietly offended and I and I have to decide for myself if I'm going to keep watching the thing or move on. And it's it's documented on this podcast, right? That for me, Louis C.K., for me, what Louis C.K. did is offensive enough that I'm done. I'm done with him. Now, I'm not making a scene. I'm not throwing anything on the stage. I'm not calling for him to go to jail or I'm not even calling for him to not even be able to do stand-up comedy. I think he should be able to do whatever he wants other than hurt women. But... People need to be offended and move on. Because what does making the scene do? What is it, other than I don't know? It it, it puts everyone uh, it puts everyone on hold. It puts it it puts everyone under arrest for what might possibly offend somebody. How does doing what we do work if that's the new normal? Well, it is the new normal, and it's something you have to deal with. And I don't know, man. This is what I learned doing seven years of group therapy. This is what I learned. This is the conclusion that I came to. I'm not a monster. Like, I care about people. I care about their feelings. And I'm a good person. Now, I do things when I'm scared that I'm not happy about. I've done some things in the past that I thought were going to make me happy. And so, because I thought they were going to make me happy, I, I felt like I had to do them like... Drugs, alcohol, uh, trying to get laid, things like this. In other words, <laughs> I should, I guess I should clarify with the trying to get laid thing. Where I was in a relationship at the time, but then I wanted to have sex with somebody else outside of the relationship. And then I would lie to the person that I was in a relationship with so I could have sex with this other person because I thought that would make me happy. That's what I'm sure. talking about. And uh, what I've discovered is none of that works. And you can't get away with anything. And so now, because I know I can't get away with anything, I'm just honest about everything. And there's certain things that maybe I don't necessarily want to talk about because I'm like, mm, I'm not really crazy about that period of my life when I was doing that. But at the same time, it's what happened. And I don't do that anymore. So now I can talk about it. And uh, maybe because I've had that experience, uh, that experience and, and sharing what that experience was now, at this point in my life, will maybe help somebody else who's going through the same thing, whatever it is. So I guess what I'm saying is this. All I can do is just be honest and be myself. And I know that I'm not a monster. And so if I say something because I think it's funny or it sounds funny or whatever, and somebody else is offended by it, they can bring it up and go, hey, I was offended by what you said. Like that accent that you did. I found it offensive. And then I can ask, why? And then they can tell me and then I can go, okay, I hear you. And then I can decide the next time, whether I want to do it again, or if I just think that the person's being ridiculous. But again, to be held hostage because I'm worried about what somebody's going to say. I mean, obviously, there's certain things I'm just not going to do because there's just no point. Like, again, like I don't use that, the R-A-P-E word anymore because it doesn't matter how how I use the word, it's just too triggering for some people. And I just don't want to take the chance. Obviously, I'm not going to use the N word right. as well. 
but there's very few words besides those two words that I'm not going to use. I'm also obviously not going to show up in blackface because that's another thing that people get really uptight about. I mean, obviously I've never done blackface because it's stupid uh, in the first place, but some people have in the past and now they're fucking on the chopping block for it. Which is fine. We're in a weird time now where, you know, if you're in some sort of spotlight, people are going to dig up what you did 20 years ago and and try to get you fired over it, which doesn't seem fair. I mean, that doesn't really seem fair. Unless what you dug up betrays some type of true identity of this person, you know? Like Cosby, right? Like Bill Cosby systematically raped women 20 years ago. Okay, that's different than at a Halloween party, he dressed up as a mariachi band. Okay. Well, my 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 dad was in an opera where he played Othello, and he was in blackface because that's the way they did it for a hundred years. So they wrote the opera, and then everybody that wasn't black was in blackface that did that opera. Now, there's a picture of my dad in his house in blackface because he's playing Othello. Now, does that make my dad a racist? No, my dad's not a racist. Is my mom a racist? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit of a racist. But my dad, not at all. Not at all. My dad just does not. He treats everybody the same. It doesn't matter what color they are, what age they are, what income bracket they are. He's such a weird dude. He just treats everybody the same way. That highlights the problem here, right? And and I understand not everyone can know your dad, right? But but so here are the but here are the facts about your dad. Through through a display of his actual actions for his whole life, he has proven that he doesn't give a fuck what you look like. He's going to treat you the same. And that's what racism is. Racism right. is a, a prejudice and a prejudgment about the character of someone and how you treat them based on where they come from and what they look like. So your dad's displayed that that's off the table for him. He probably couldn't even, he probably doesn't even understand people who feel that way. No, he doesn't understand. He right. doesn't get it. It doesn't compute, right? And so I'm similar. I'm similar. Now, if you looked at a picture of him in a, th- a production of Othello from 30 fucking years ago in an opera, and he's wearing blackface, what happens now in culture is instead of caring about the the context and the life of someone and what they show through their actions, they look at that and go, racist. He would do it today. If he was doing Othello today, he would do it. Because he's so oblivious to how that's not cool. Right, but the difference is, and, and the concessions that I'll make to this whole movement and the whole thing is, today, don't do it. You know, like, we've learned something. We've moved on. We've gotten better as a culture. And that's what's that's what matters. Can I also say something about my mom, who is slightly racist? And all of her family, they're from Michigan, and all of her family that's around her age is slightly racist. Now, is my mom a bad person? Not at all. Like, she's just not a bad person but she's a little racist and i and her sister is a little racist let me just let me just ask this question okay because i know i know katie and she doesn't listen to the podcast right i don't think she does but even if she did i'll i'm not gonna i'll tell my mom she's a little racist because my mom will display she'll say something slightly racist sometimes i'm like mom what are you doing I, what are I'm you not doing? taking anything away from that. And obviously you're her son and you spend way more time. I just want to say, Mrs. Schneider, I love and have always loved and respected you. And you've always been very kind to me. So I'll, I'm just, and I, I'm just I let, love, just putting I lo- that out there. No, I love and respect my mom. I think, I know you do. I, I, I think know you she's do. a wonderful person. And no, you're being when, honest. 
I and I'm being honest about she's a little bit racist because it's just that's the culture she grew up in and it's just part of who she is. But she's not she's not a she's not a bad person. It's such a weird thing. It's a it's a strange thing. Cause there are some people that are racist and they're cruel, mean right. dicks. And that's just not that's just not my mom's not that. But she but she does say some stuff that's a little racist. I'm like, Mom, don't say that again, ever. That's where I think it's actually culturally interesting when it's easy for some uh, someone on the coast, some someone who lives in a fucking loft in San Francisco, who was born and raised in the Bay Area, and and all of their uncles and aunts are gay, and they grew up in the art scene with affluent with money. It's easy for them to say all racists are monsters. But here's what you're describing, which, by the way, if you travel enough, because I'm from Alabama and we get a lot of shit about racism, but what Bob is saying is absolutely true. There are some real serious racists in Michigan and upstate New York and Northern California. They're oh, yeah. everywhere. Oh, yeah. It has no idea. The geography doesn't matter that much. But here's where it does matter for people like you and I, Bob. And I think this is what informs some of our makeup of this issue is it's easy if you're in a penthouse in New York and you've just never even experienced racism to think it's all just a monstrosity. But where things get sort of complicated is when you actually know people who are a little racist because of the way that they were raised and their age and geography. And a lot of my family were racist and I don't justify any of it, but I also see that they're nuanced and complex and contradicting individuals who I can't just put in a bad column because they're racist. And, and racism is not an exclusively white thing. All races have racists which, by the way, that's a tongue twister, and say that 25 times real fast. Um, well, right, because it's, it's it's not a white thing. It's a human thing. It's human, a human, human thing. Human yes. beings, are we're tribal by nature, and we tend to align with a team, and we tend to psychologically um, denigrate anything that scares us or is different than us. And so we're alike in how we prejudice each other, but we're also alike in how we rise above it, you know? And I agree. I, agree. I, choose, I choose to actually focus on that. Because I think that's actually more interesting. Well, it is more interesting. And obviously, the more aware that, you know, it's just a lot of it has to do with awareness. You know, it's just a, it's just uh, paying attention and being aware. And then, bec- then you can just like look at things and go, does this make sense to me? No, it doesn't make sense. And then some people don't lack that awareness. They, they aren't able to do that. And so it takes people like, uh, stand-up comedians and uh, authors and and people that artists do, artists that do have a certain amount of awareness that that normal people don't have, and then they can put it into words in a way that people that don't have that awareness can understand it, and then they then we can all grow from it. Um, and so you want stand-up comedians and artists and stuff to to go to that part that's kind of uncomfortable. You want them to go there. You don't want them to shy away from that. Absolutely. So, I absolutely agree. And they may step over the line and then it's and then it's our job to 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 figure that out with each other. Absolutely. And that doesn't really involve people just get that kind of immediate rush of like the shaming and the canceling and the signaling and and social media is a big part of that. Social media is just so warped. And and 
made the worst parts of who we can be, myself included, just nightmarishly um, cartoonish and big and loud. Right. And that's not what most people are like, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I'll tell this brief story as we close out this very atypically serious episode, although I've really enjoyed this episode talking about this with you, Bob. But we, for maybe the third time in the last 45 days of quarantine, uh, got takeout food because we've been of trying to avoid places. And But our favorite Mexican place, which is down the road or our, our local business here, they found a way to try to do a social distancing thing where – you place the order online, you go and you wait outside, you stand six feet apart, they come out, everyone's wearing masks and gloves and they bring you your thing and there you go. You get to support their business, get a pitcher of margaritas, get your favorite taco or whatever the fuck and then you don't have to worry about cooking for the 80th thousandth day in a row. And their computers were down and it was a shit show. It was a rough system. And it w- I stood in line outside in the parking lot with about 45 other people for an hour and basically witnessed half of the people being amazing examples of what human beings can be like in in the face of adversity like a global pandemic and then half of people of a bunch of self uh important entitled assholes who weren't wearing masks who wanted to cut the line who were denigrating the staff who were being racist now there was a guy wearing a Trump Pence hat which i feel like vote for Trump or Pence that's fine but to wear the hat to pick up your mexican food <laughs> felt to me like an intentional sort of right. political protest or something. And so I'm in line, of course, making my silent judgments about what this guy's probably like. And then, of course, half the people who aren't wearing, there are people who are wearing masks, and people who aren't wearing masks, right? And what's happened is the virus has been politicized. So if you're wearing a mask, you're a liberal, you're a libtard. And if you're not wearing a mask, you must be a, an idiot which neither of those are true, but I still can't understand why people aren't wearing masks. Anyway, so this guy's wearing a mask, but he's got a Trump hat on. And out of all the people, half of which were being pretty rude, I would have expected him to be one of them, but he was actually one of the more kind and patient dudes in the line. And it was great for me to see that because the truth is, is that people are complicated and nuanced. And that's how you have to orient yourself with how you relate to the world. And social media takes all of that out of it. You don't have to actually deal with people and talk to them and see how they interface with real people. Right. So it's a strange poisoning that's happened and and uh, there's no way out of it. We're, the only way out's through. That's not going to stop. So uh, I guess this is sort of an ominous ending and also a positive one because it, it was good for me to see that, you know? Well, ultimately, everybody's thrown onto this earth with without without an instruction manual. And uh, we're getting our directions from people, other people just like us who are also thrown onto the earth without an who instruction don't know anything, manual. Yeah, right. And everybody's just made everything up. And we're all just, we're all, it's like that song by Sarah McLaughlin, Adia. Just like, we, we are innocent. We were born innocent. We are innocent. Even if we do the most fucked up shit, you know, we're still innocent. And uh, it is cool. It is cool to see somebody that you, uh, that maybe you have an idea about and then you see them acting differently and then you go, oh, maybe I don't know everything there is to know about everything. Yeah, if you're and, paying attention in that way. But you have to also be open to that. Right. And and that means you can't just be saddled to this idea that my team has to be right all the time at every expense. You have to let it all fucking go. And you have, well, to, start, you have to start looking at the world 
like it's gray and not black and white. You have to. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, we live in America and America is the land of freedom. So that's freedom of choice. It's freedom to decide what you, what you think is important. And, uh, and the freedom to have crabs for upwards of three months. I mean, I don't know. That's pushing it. That I feel like that's <laughs> pushing your freedom onto somebody else. That should be illegal. Yeah, that, that should be. be illegal. I'm not. I'm not proud of it. Look, we got to kick it to the secret weekly, and maybe we can continue this discussion over there. And and uh, you know, we got so many patrons this last week, and we didn't mention them yet. I promise you, next Thursday. Uh, we're going to read a bunch of emails that we got and, and say thank you to all the people who are supporting us in such a strange time. It really means a lot to Bob and I. And so uh, thank you. If, if you are interested in that, it's patreon.com slash the letters IOK. And if you can't give it this time or whatever, you, that's not on the table for you. It's totally fine. The coolest thing you can do uh, at that level is just leave us a positive review. And you can always write in bobandclint at gmail.com. We love getting emails from all the listeners out there. Uh, I read this today, Bob. I don't know if I can find it in time, but it basically said, it said, I don't like this podcast, dot, dot, dot. I love it. Ah, I love it. And and I thought, man, and I'm looking here at 166 positive reviews, and it's like, dude, these tour jokes that we had five and six years ago are now, they've now become part of this community, a joke, a, a community like that understands our inside jokes. And that's a pretty cool thing. Man. I love it. I love it. And and really, the other thing that you can really do that will help us more than anything is just tell your friends about it and uh, turn them on to this podcast. And the more people we get who are part of the family, who know the inside jokes, the better off uh, we'll be in the long run. So um, we we love doing it. And uh, we'll continue to do it when we, you know, as we continue to grow it. So um and then, I mean, the end goal is to eventually maybe, uh, you know, when everything gets back to normal, uh, we'll cruise around and do some podcasts in your area and we'll get to meet you and uh, hang out, which would be great. How, how fun would it be to do like a club a club tour of the podcast? Awesome. Can't wait to do it. And we're going to do that at, at a certain point, but we just got to grow it. So tell your friends about it and uh, get more people involved and uh, we'll see you next time and we'll still not be okay and you'll still be okay or not okay. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs>